So I thought you were hungover as well. I am, but I'm thinking beer might help. I'm going for the, uh-huh. the hair of the dog. I've actually, this is my second beer. I'd be early when I had lunch at dinner, so this could go really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> could just be drunk all over again real quickly after two beers. That would explain the dodgy parking up my drive. Oh, that, well, that was close. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to A Conversation With, the holiday special episodes where we get a special guest on to talk all things gaming. Today we have Mark Langworthy, who lives in the Cornwall, UK, and who used to go to school with Lee, our special Lee here. Special Lee. He is busy making Red Scar, or Red Scar Publishing. Fill out for me and Lee, what's going on? No, I'm not going to. I think Mark should do it. Okay. Mark, <laughs> tell us about sense. Red Scar Publishing. Yeah, sure. First of all, thank you for having me on. Um, it's quite early in the morning here. I know it's late at your end of the day. Um, so Red Scar Publishing is kind of my outlet for everything creative at the moment. Um, it began a couple of years ago just to give me the opportunity to write. Um, and it's now led into a couple of licenses. So uh, back to yourselves, really. Oh, that's fantastic. Man, that's living the dream, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because you're always yeah, really good. Yeah. When we did gaming, we did D&D back in the day, you're always really good at the stories and the, the backgrounds and the maps and the... Yes. Well, <laughs> all yeah. the DM stuff Honestly, was yeah, really I mean, good. Yeah, so. a few years, yeah. But, Quite yeah. a few years, yeah. Um, I've always enjoyed the uh, storytelling aspect, um, which kind of led me into the, uh, the writing side of things. Um, and now I'm lucky enough to be able to make some kind of a living out of it as well. So. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm yeah. jealous. Yeah, we're, we're just slightly turning green on our side here. Yes. Yeah. That definitely is the, the dream. Because are you working as well? Yeah. Or have you stopped working now and you're yes. doing this full-time? Yeah, um, um, yeah so I recently I'd left um, kind of full-time employment to make this my um, my actual full-time employment. So. <laughs> Carl's yeah, shaking his head. Like <laughs> you are living my dream, yep. and I'm not jealous in the slightest. <laughs> What's that green tinge around your body? Yeah, I just, I'm, my inner Hulk is coming out, you know, the usual. <laughs> right, and from the Xbox cast, we have Lee. Mm. Ah, Lee. Hello, Carl. How are you feeling? I'm hungover. No, Lee's hungover. That's Christmas. Got, I've got my deep voice on today. <laughs> Lee's feeling very deep. And we have Paul. Hello. Paul, being our resident D&D expert, is here to give Mark a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> So let's let Lee shine a bit and oh, go into the, the news section. Um, and away you go, Lee. Let's see how okay, happy you then. are. I'll see if I can read. <laughs> words. <laughs> Make words out of your mouth. Oh, 200% gosh. on the screen. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, okay. So some exciting gaming news last uh, couple of days. Yesterday? Yes. Yesterday. Games all, Award. All on yesterday. Very exciting. Man, so many trailers came out. Did you see it? A couple of saw them. Anyone, anyone excited about any of the games? The Outer Worlds. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure that's Borderlands, though. I'm it's, sure that was actually going to be Borderlands, because that robot with one eye yeah, is off Borderlands. It's Clank Borderlands track, cross track. Fallout. Yeah. yeah. And did you see the shade they were throwing at Bethesda as well? The original <laughs> creators of Fallout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's very cool. There's a good trailer out for it. And um, there's also Dragon Age 4 trailer came out as well, which didn't show much. Other than no, it was Dragon more a teaser. Sneezing. Yeah. yeah, it was a tease that got the entire world excited. Three years away, I reckon it'll be. Yeah, I still wouldn't have finished Dragon Age 3 by then. No, all two. <laughs> oh, or, one. Or one. No, I've done one and two. I'm stuck on three. Oh, really? Yeah. You need to pause it when you're shooting stuff. That's what Carl tells me. Yes. Dragon Age doesn't have shooting stuff. That's massive. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes. Uh, Game Pass stuff. Because there's Mortal Kombat 11 trailer came out, but also Game Pass had a bunch of games added to it. Yes. Uh, Mortal Kombat X, which I'm very excited about. Because you were playing this in the UK, weren't I you? I was. And it was awesome. And you were going to buy it. Yes. I nearly have brought it a few times. They no, they, you don't have to. You don't have to. No. I'm sure Xbox is listening to us. Yeah. Well, I think it's really funny. Because I, I think I said that to you when you tweeted about it. I was like, they know. Because something else happened as well. Yeah. Every time we talk about something, news pops up in, like, a few days later yeah, going, oh, look. Like, you can have it now. It's fine. Save your money. <laughs> so um, what is this whole thing about X and XL being on? So I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, I heard from the Xbox subreddit today. Someone was saying, if you're going to grab the X version, go to the store rather than Game Pass because the store then links you to the XL version, which comes with all the DLC, and you put you download that through Game Pass. It's all free, apparently. That's amazing because that's when I was playing the XL one. Yeah, it comes with Jason and all sorts of cool DLC. Yeah, 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 lots, so, aliens and all sorts. Yeah, sweet. I'm gonna do it now. Um, <laughs> And also Ashen, which everyone's very excited about, those cheering and stuff. Well, that's that's cricket, right? It is not cricket, no. No, no. no. It is not Ashen, it's not cricket. <laughs> okay, shows <laughs> how much I know about it. It's an RPG. It's um, Really? Yes. How have you not heard of this game? It's it was announced at E3, wasn't it? Yeah. It's huge. It's huge? huge. Ashen, A-S-H-E-N, no? Okay. Okay. Uh, open World Cup Action RPG. About a wandering but, search for a place to call home. Yeah, with asynchronous multiplayer. So if you're not having a mate that joins you, it sort of mimics them and gives you a companion. Sort of like how the Forza Ford, the Forza driver tires work. Okay. Yes. So it sort oh, of sorry, yeah. syncs your play style and then drops it into your friend's game if you're not online, which is quite cool. Paul's looking really confused. I am really confused. Uh, have a look I'm this. happy, but I'm confused. <laughs> People are loving this game. Like, okay. that's, that's my normal state. <laughs> happy and confused. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Small Combat X, uh, Pro Evolution Soccer 19, which I'm excited about. Free football game. Yep. Uh, Hellblade is there as well, Hellblade. Yeah, and it's the um, True Achievements playlist this month. Oh, really? Oh, if they start syncing up with True Achievements, that'd be really awesome. That'd be fantastic. Mm. Also, Hellblade, you can 100% in about 11 to 15 hours. Wow. Okay. That's a quick thousand points. <laughs> quick thousand points. <laughs> Mate, your quick thousand points and my quick thousand points are a bit different, I think. <laughs> Because I pick games at like an hour and a half, two hours to get a thousand points in, just to annoy you. Yeah, me. you are annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> Catching up too quickly. Oh yes, 25k now, mate. Um, Ori Jeez. and the Blind Forest as well. That's awesome. It's the definitive edition as well, eh? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shadow Warrior 2, which is supposed to be quite good fun. It's a bit crazy. Yeah, FPS, kind of. Ooh. That's the ones probably that everyone is excited about. Yes. And they're coming on over, over the next few weeks, like they're not all available now. Pro Evolution's 13th, um, Mortal Kombat's now, so I downloaded it when it came out. Uh, Hellblade's 17th, Ori's yeah. 20th, and Ashen's the 7th, oh, I don't know. They're definitely peppering the month with releases, eh? Yeah, it's awesome, yeah. It, we now said it all doesn't arrive on the 1st. Yep. That they just keep doing it. Because you wait to play it and then the next game comes yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, man, that'll just be amazing. Uh, Crackdown's coming out on Game Pass with 15th of February. Yes. Purchase on the 22nd, which is So this is interesting, yes. the If you have Game Pass, Crackdown 3, it gets available, becomes available to you on the 15th of February. If you've bought the game, oh, it's available on the 22nd. So yeah, you're getting penalised for giving them money up front. Yeah, you, for buying the game, you're getting penalised, which is quite an interesting strategy, yeah. saying that, oh, Game Pass games get, get it a week early. Hint, yep. we don't want $80, we want your 120 over the year yeah, got for all these games. Um, it's a very interesting strategy. 
I sort of like it. It's a, a so do I. It's very clever. Yeah. Another thing that interests me, just going back to the Outer Worlds quickly, also a very good strategy, is that the Outer Worlds is an Obsidian-owned RP, which makes it a Microsoft-owned RP That's now. That's right, which so Game Pass. Outer Worlds 1, released on all platforms. Oh, you want to play Outer Worlds 2? You need a Windows PC or an Xbox. <laughs> okay, <laughs> suck him into the world and then yeah. go, oh, no, you can't have it, sorry. Look at this great game. Oh, we've made number two just a bit better. Oh, you want to play on our system? Yes. And this will be Game Pass as well, this Outer Worlds. No, it's not yet, because it's it's being published before the sale of Obsidian to Microsoft goes through. No. That's, why it's, that's why it's on all platforms. Rubbish. I don't mind the all platforms, it's fine, as yeah. long as it's on Game Pass. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure it'll come soon enough. And then finally, um, some backwards compatibility news. Darkness, which I've never heard of. Uh, Duke Nukem Forever, XCOM declassified have all joined X, uh, backwards compatibility. None of them really appeal. Well, not the XCOM one. I've clocked at it. It was sad. It was really yeah. sad. It was sort of, it was hyped and announced before XCOM Enemy Unknown was re- announced by um, Fraxis. Was and a, was it a filler, was it, almost? It was meant to be the next evolution of it. You know how at that stage everything was going first person. So Syndicate had released a first person oh, right. version um, or some other... 80s, 90s games. There were basically a bunch of 80s, 90s games coming Fallout. out. Fallout would have done the same. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That was... I should have guessed that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and when it came out, um, because there was so much hype around the sort of... the XCOM Enemy Unknown one, 2K kind of gave it to a second-tier developer, and it really shows. The AI is terrible. I think the story is okay. It sort of shows um, the formation of XCOM back in the 50s, 60s during yep. the Cold War. Um, and it does tie in with the ethereals. It ties in a bit. Like all the, they basically had to reskin all of the aliens to match the XCOM enemy unknown aliens, which okay. is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it, it just didn't feel like I, <laughs> I clocked it once, I uninstalled it, and I never have another plan to reinstall it. It's not one of those games. Yeah, okay. Well, that's a very sad one. Yeah. And Duke Nukem's not very good as well. It's not very good, but I mean, you want to play it for playing sake, right? No, yeah, I no. would rather go back to Duke Nukem 3D. Was <laughs> <laughs> it that bad? It's it's like, be, yeah, it was a massive wait, wasn't it? And then it came out and everyone went, ah. Oh. Yeah, like 15 years or something stupid. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. everyone was like, no hmm, it's just not that good. I just yeah. remember that Stormback XCOM. There was that new game that came out with the... The um, duck wearing a bowler hat with a plaster. Yeah, it? that's Mutant Year Zero or something. Yeah, that yeah. looks amazing. That does. It does look good, yeah. yeah. It's uh, sort of good to see in these turn-based tactical strategy sort of ones actually starting to make a resurgence. Yeah, because it disappeared, didn't they? For they a while. did, yeah. Everyone was, you know, first-person shooter or real-time strategy. Now mm. you've got basically a whole heap of games coming out turn-based. And everyone was like, nah, nobody has the time to play turn-based games these days. No one can, you know, understand them. They're just a waste. Yeah, and nope. So many of them coming out now. Yeah, I've heard that mutant one is um, it punishes you. It's stupidly hard. So if, oh, have yes. you played any of the XCOM games? No, but yeah, the guys that we were talking about over Twitter pretty much said you can make a decision halfway through the game that forces you to restart your entire playthrough from play one. And uh, they, uh, that's awesome. Like, yeah, <laughs> it gets to the point where it's like, hmm, not even going back to the last save is going to save me. <laughs> yeah, that's XCOM. But, I mean, you know the story of XCOM 2, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much 
the, everybody was losing the first game because it was so hard. So they made a cannon that you lost the first game. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So that's our quick news blast this week. But now to the meat, shall we say? The, the meat. Ooh, the I like meat in the sandwich. The meat talking to Mark. <laughs> Well, I just wanted to say I picked up yesterday the um, Unreal Tournament it has been cancelled as well I don't know if you guys caught that oh yeah I did see a news bulletin about that what's that yeah. I missed that completely they are stopping development on Unreal Tournament oh man yeah what? like the engine has still been developed just yeah, the yeah. Unreal Tournament Unreal game Engine 4 isn't it I think. yes yeah. yeah oh that's a blow I haven't played it's really it since funny. it's really funny you know we talk about stuff I had this thought a couple of weeks ago about them actually redoing Unreal yeah. What's happening with it? Obviously, nothing now. It's all dying for some reason. Yeah. yeah. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Well, they, they did kind of say a couple of months ago that, yeah, yeah, it's still alpha, alpha, you know, it's out there to test. Um, and then yesterday they announced that it's uh, definitely been cancelled. Man. Um, and their focus now is Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I wonder why. Oh, no. uh, mm. uh, can we just all pack up and go home? Every single game is Fortnite. <laughs> Play Fortnite, yeah. Fortnite on your phone. CSGO. Yep. It's got that Royale. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. There's a rumour that Halo Infinite is going to have a Battle Royale mode. Of course it is. Oh, my word. Just every game is Fortnite now. Yep. Pack yep. it all in, guys. Forza Fortnite. Solitaire Forza, Fortnite. Forza Battle Royale. Yeah. Yeah. Solitaire Battle Royale. 100 people playing Solitaire. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> right, Mark. So, being our special guest, you've it's told us... It's all about us, you now, Mark. It's all about you. The pressure's on. <laughs> Um, so you've developed this publishing company, Red Scar, and that's allowing you to do a whole bunch of creative stuff. What type of stuff are you doing with it? Um, so currently we are making role-playing games, tabletop role-playing games, um, as opposed to digital role-playing games. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's old and school said, it's, role-playing it's games. Very old school, yeah. yeah. Like we pen and paper. and look at each other and talk. Man. What? Making conversation. Crazy. What is yeah. this social nonsense? Drinking, <laughs> drinking tea and playing games. It sounds fantastic. I know Paul has been looking into your game Devil's Run that you're making. Yeah. Um, he's yes. got a whole bunch of questions, half of the words <laughs> I don't even understand, numbers and letters all together. So, Paul, do you want to put Mark on the spot? Okay, the spot. Um, could you just give us a bit of background on Devil's Run? What is it? Yes. Um, so the Devil's Run is a, it's not my um, game, it's a license I picked up through a good friend of mine, Mark Grapson, who owns a company called Wordforge Games. Um, and it's um, inspired by, inspired heavily by uh, Mad Max and the kind of crazy car-driven post-apocalypse. Okay, you've um, got my interest. <laughs> so it's, it's, but it's been translated to North America initially, um, so... Mark had this kind of crazy idea of uh, the classic Cold War scenario, which is also kind of scarily relevant recently, um, <laughs> yep. developing into a, um, a post-apocalypse in North America. Yeah, I, I did see that. Why specifically you've chosen the France and Sus- uh, sorry, San Francisco area? <laughs> San Francisco? That's the one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> France and Francisco. Yeah. I don't know what. Words are not, my it's friend. We're in New Zealand, it's so yes. far away. It's confusing. Yeah. Um, why have you chosen the San Francisco area? Um, so, again, it wasn't my decision. It was, it was uh, largely inspired by Mark. Um, and he had travelled there quite a lot with his... Um, so he, is, he has a kind of medical, um, biological medicine background. Um, and he traveled there quite a lot with his company before he'd left. Um, he'd left there to develop his own game company. 
so he had a real kind of passion and and uh, respect for that area um, and it became one of the few areas in North America that had been missed by the or you know missed by a uh, strike in the uh, in the kind of hot war that developed from the Cold War if you like oh, okay hmm Oh, just a question. How many people in the uh, team of you, Brett Scott? How many is there? So currently it's myself and my partner, Helen. Um, oh, okay. And Mark, Mark and a couple of others help out around around that as well. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, quite a small team. You're not yeah. looking for any writers, are you? No. <laughs> I could quit my job and write <laughs> for you guys. <laughs> yeah, we, we do uh, we do employ some freelance writers and artists, actually, yeah. So. Oh, nice. That's awesome. <laughs> Expect an email from all of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have, you, have you seen all the models and stuff you can get? There's yeah, I did actually have a look and, at them. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah, the game. Yeah, I did yeah. notice um, a lot of them are sort of inspired by you know fifties, sixties muscle cars. Yeah, so we kind of tried to give a nod to um, classic cars that people will recognise, but also um, you know kind of eighties, nineties TV that will, that people will remember um, that we all we all love and. Um, yeah, we try to try to kind of visually inspire people as much as um, you know in a, in a literal sense. Cool. Um, the system you're using that's based off the Savage World IP, isn't it? So we use two systems um, for the Devil's Run, particularly. Um, I write for Modifius Publishing. Um, well, sorry, Modifius Entertainment, not publishing. Um, and they have their own in-house system called Two D Twenty, and I also. Um, went to Pinnacle Entertainment and managed to garner a Savage Worlds um, for a publication license. Okay. Can you explain the 2D20? Because, I mean, I've played most other systems, but never heard of, yeah, that system. Yeah, 2D20 is relatively new on the scene um, as a role-playing game system. It was originally developed by some of the guys at Modifius now and handed to Jay Little, who is of kind of Edge of the Empire, Age of Rebellion. Okay, uh, yeah, I have played Age of Rebellion. Yeah, so Jay Little wrote the system behind that. He's, he's I mean, Jay has a lot of credits uh, to his name in, in kind of board game, role-playing game sense. So the guys at Modifius Entertainment originally conceived kind of the 2D20 system and then handed it to Jay to round off and finish. Um, and it's kind of novel in the way that it's a roll-under system, so you don't... You don't in, in some D and D you you roll D twenty and and add your modifiers and and see where you end up, whereas with the two twenty you you add your modifiers beforehand and then try to roll under, uh, and it is more about depth and success as opposed to just just succeeding. Okay. So it's called two D twenty. You can end up rolling a bunch of two of D twenties and then seeing how many successes you get, and that will allow you to. One succeed at your task, but also over succeed, and and then that engenders something called momentum, and momentum allows you to do as a player to do crazy things within the role playing game. So it sort of builds up the same as the ice crit system. Yes, yeah. So um, like I said, it's, it's more about depth of success than it is just just kind of success. Nice. Okay, man, that sounds quite interesting. Yeah, it sort of makes. Yeah. It- difference to just the whole yay i hit yay i get a critical and that's yeah, about yeah. it it sort of adds a narration to it yeah with my limited absolutely yeah yeah um and it kind of gives the range to both players and gm so you can you use that momentum or 
gems get their kind of opposing um kind of like a yin yang system where the gems get their words well, it's called different things different systems but threats or in devil's run we've called it fallout so the players can really push themselves and do great things but at some point we'll come back to to bite them in the backside okay <laughs> sort of like an well yeah i'm trying to think of a system that uses it but um like a karma style inspiration system yeah absolutely yeah definitely um i guess the closest thing would be the kind of apocalypse scenario in one of the superhero games um role-playing games haven't so, played too many of them sorry <laughs> <laughs> i play primarily so fantasy is, yeah there is one where um it, it's a marvel inspired superhero game where the players keep pushing and pushing but at some point there's a doomsday scenario where they've pushed too much um but basically they're, they're playing to save the whole world um and it's not quite that that um apocalyptic in 220 but at some point it will come back to bite them in the backside like i say so okay cool so sort of like repercussions almost which is yeah it's the first time i've heard of that in a in a pin view a pin paper game sort of a tabletop game like repercussions yeah. normally it's it's ah oh, you were awesome the dragon died that's the repercussion is you get treasure yeah. yeah next quest yeah yeah oh very cool yeah i mean it's it's um I mean, some people find it oppositional, but I, I, I find, you know, I'm, I'm biased, I guess. I'm, I'm right from Odysseus. So. Um, but I find it fun. It's, it's kind of like the players can, can push us in. And like, yeah, great. You guys are having fun. But at some point, this is going to come back and bite you in the backside because they kind of watch. I always keep my pool open, um, threat pool. So the, the players will pay you threat or um, use, you know, push themselves through for different tasks. And they'll, they'll watch the pool build and build. And you're like, yeah, you got, yeah, it's great. This is great. But this will come back to bite you. Okay, <laughs> nice. So, so, just how would it come back then? What's an example of something going wrong, or how would it could, could it affect you? So, you, the, the fret pool you can use for kind of a variety of things. Um, one, you can use it to um, introduce kind of encounters. So, rather than random encounters, you can spend some of the fret pool to call in um, enemies. So, for so the GM would spend the fret pool and say, right, okay, this is yeah, happening now. Yeah. yeah. So the, the players pay it to the GM um, to buy extra dice or. Uh, push the push their own tasks, and they will build up for the okay. gem. The gem will spend then spend that pool to one introduce enemies, or um, two it just kind of introduce fun effects. So rather than a you know a ceiling collapse on the player has been a random event, the player the the gem will spend four or five points to make that happen and get the guys to roll a bunch of dice to avoid it. <laughs> um, so in Devil's Run, we'll, we'll translate that to you, you, your tire might suddenly burst on a on a chase down the freeway um you'll, you know you'll hit a pothole or um the big tanker that you're trying to chase down for the for the gasoline will will suddenly kind of side swipe towards you um it, it makes it a little bit less random and, and the players can see these things happening so so it gives the the gm a bit of a chance to troll the players <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah because the gm a bit of agency that the, the players can visually see rather than them thinking that things are absolutely random you know so Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I like the sound of that as a DM. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You guys are getting a bit too cocky now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, how does the character sort of creation work? Like, have you split it off into character and car creation? Or is it like you just build the character and then you get given cars, vehicles? Like, how does it integrate um, together? So with the two, well, sorry, with um, Devil's Run, we stick as closely to the IP as possible so cars were as, 
important to us as the um, as the character. So with character creation in the Devil's Run, um, you will be able to modify your car as much as your character. Um, so you'll work to an archetype for your character, which is based around one of the factions, um, one of the crazy zany factions based in San Francisco. And then from your um, faction, there'll be a kind of uh, range of vehicles that you can choose from, then you get to modify that within within that range. Nice. Nice. And the factions, um, how did you come up with them all? Because I had a look at some and they're fairly unique. And um, yeah, it's sort of how did you come up with the factions, what they would do, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, so again, I'm um, largely led by uh, Mr. Rapson from Word Forge Games. Um, he'd already created a, a range of factions. And then um, what led me to creating the role playing game is I'd, I'd written a whole load of uh, background material for some of the factions uh, Mark's like this is great let's make a role playing game so for instance Mark came up with the idea of the Brit Attack who are Texans um, that have kind of commuted to San Francisco in the post apocalypse here in that this um, this area is one of the few areas that's survived the uh, apocalypse um, and his, his remit was kind of like I need to get the Texans from Texas across most of, of, America, of the United States to San Francisco. Um, can you make it happen? Which was rather interesting. Um, and then, yeah, so there's tons of research to kind of ground it in a bit of reality, but also make it this the, these kind of zany factions that we, we, you know, we're really passionate about and hopefully it translates across to people that enjoy the game as well. So Yeah, did you get much uh, of the Kickstarter factions come out? Yeah, so the factions are all there in the board game, um, and we are making most of them available in the role-playing game. Um, some of them naturally kind of lend themselves to uh, an enemy base rather than a, a player base. So, yeah. Uh, like the Skinners, who are you know, essentially a bunch of cannibals, is like, well, we don't really want to give people too much of an insight into what happens there. It's, it's, it's not great to talk about a, a tabletop, but they'll make great enemies. So there are a couple of factions who said, you know, these will make... Um, make good enemies rather than rather than good PCs. Yeah. How did you find uh, How did you find the um, the Kickstarter work? How was that Was that easy enough to set up and get going? And no, it's it's, it's <laughs> yeah. Again, it's tons of research. Um, I've I had a bit of an insight from my work, Modithius. So they've run some really successful Kickstarters. Uh, Chris Batch, who who owns Modifius with his his wife Rita, has been well, was has always been a, a great help. Um, one, even just getting into the industry as a writer, and two, kind of providing advice on the Kickstarter. So, again, it's it's tons of research, um, and and lots of background work on things like the graphics, uh, yeah. stretch goals. I mean, it looked really really flash, and I've noticed a lot of Kickstarters that look that style often tend to get funded, whereas others. You've got to put the yeah. effort into the back You have end, to put a lot of effort to start with. Yeah. Did yeah, you find it yeah, was slow and then like it really increased at the end as it got picked up? Yeah, so um, when I launched the Kickstarter, the kind of trend previous to that had been if you're not funded within the first day or two, then you generally won't fund. Um, but I've noticed a bit of a trend lately where actually that's not quite the case. Um, so with most Kickstarters, you'll fund within the first day or two. Uh, they'll run for a month and there'll be a dip in the middle 
and then it will pick back up in the end. Um, whereas with most recent Kickstarters, I've kind of noticed actually things kind of trickle along towards the funding goal throughout the Kickstarter, which is really nice. Yeah, a bit more consistent with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think, hitting that button to launch. Um, so the Devil's Run in particular was, was a relaunch. So I, I went to the Kickstarter initially. Um, we weren't going to meet the funding goal, so I took the decision to cancel it and come back to it later, which was the right decision. Um, and initially I launched it with our own in-house system and then with my Modiphius work, uh, secured a 2D20 license with Modiphius, which I think definitely helped when we went back to the table so yeah, it was, uh, like I say, it's, it's a lot of work um, and I just recommend really doing your research before you go to the table and getting some kind of marketing out there. So talk to people before you launch, um, make sure you've had a, you know, try to have a few interviews, get it out there and get get it play tested. Um, and luckily with the Devil's Run, we'd already had that, that great IP to kind of visually inspire things as well. Nice. Did you do much play testing with particularly that IP or did you try other IPs to bounce off? Um, so we have... Our own in-house system for Red Scar, which we're working on at the moment, uh, we've gone back to called Tricor. So we're kind of heavily playtesting that for, um, we've just announced recently actually that we're making the Kings of War role-playing game, which is a fantasy setting from Mantic. So yeah, there's lots of playtesting there to to drive that system. Is that anything to do with like Fate Core? Or totally it just has core in the name? Yeah, it's, it's totally core in the name, so it's our own in-house system. Um, cool. I guess it's kind of inspired by multiple systems, really. One of my favourite systems of the day was uh, a storytelling system called um, Werewolf, which was from White Wolf Publishing back in the day. I think we played that, didn't we? I'm sure we yeah, played that game. Yeah. 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 Um, initially inspired by that, and kind of, kind of inspired by multiple systems, really. Kind of hopefully taking the best of of the systems that you know uh, have inspired myself and brought them to, to tribal really nice um i'm just having a good read you know oh kyle got any questions buddy? <laughs> kyle's <laughs> writing down and yeah. it's <laughs> um how long have you been working on this because this sounds like you've put in a lot of work yeah so um as a writer i guess <laughs> relatively new to the scene um, in about in about three or four years and and like I said earlier I'm really um, lucky to be given the opportunity by Chris Birch and Modifus it kind of just fell into it um, you'll remember Mutant Chronicles Lee no I got and, you yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so um, I spotted a Kickstarter a few years back uh, to relaunch Mutant Chronicles which is a license or an IP from a company called Cabinet, Cabinet Entertainment um, and Cabinets own all sorts of licenses like Conan. They've uh, Cabinet are behind also um, Mutant Year Zero, the uh, oh, game turn-based right. strategy game. Yeah, yeah which you okay. mentioned earlier. Yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, I spotted the Mutant Chronicles relaunch on Kickstarter. Uh, got chatting to Chris in the background behind that, and Chris generally always tries to answer people if if they'll get in touch. Um, that developed into a bit of proofreading because of my knowledge of the background back in the day when we used to play at the tabletop league. Mm -hmm. um, and then that led into a bit of kind of rules writing because 2D20 was really new at the time and I, I took the time to get into the system. So there's a bit of proofreading in the background that led into rules writing and then rules writing eventually led into 
have really taken over the line as as Modifius's other lines took off with Conan and Infinity uh, and other things. Hmm. Uh, to the point that now actually I look after uh, Mutant Chronicles and also Infinity for uh, for Modifius. Yeah, I saw you have the Facebook. You look after the Facebook page, don't you? I noticed that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, help push things out through some of the social media. What do you use mostly for social media? Is it mostly Facebook or do you you're all over Twitter as well and what do you find works the best? Uh, for, yeah, for, so for Red Scar in particular, uh, we'll um, try and tie things up through Instagram because it's a platform that, that obviously pushes out through multiple uh, other uh, uh, multiple other social media platforms. Uh, and then we've Diffius employed a couple of people who really need to look after their side of uh, the social media aspect. Oh, okay. Man. Um, yeah, I've got the original question there of what relates to, to the writing side of things, really. Oh, how long have you been working on this, really? That was the question. But. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so Tricor, then Tricor it has kind of been slowly burning in the background for about uh, 18 months, I guess. Um, so initially when I launched Devil, um, Red Scar, I was working with a um, an artist called Toma Fazergas, who's... Uh, He's not only a great artist, but has actually become a, a, a good personal friend. Um, and we were working closely in Red Scar at the time, and we sat down and developed, or initially kind of conceived the idea of Tricor. Um, so Tom and myself, uh, like I say, we, we still stay in touch. We're, we're good friends as much as um, collaborators on, on various projects. Um, and Tom was kind of, we, we developed the system together, and Tom was like, recently said, you know, here's, here's take the system and, and just go and uh, carry on with it where, wherever you'd like to take it. So, uh, like I say, we're, we're taking that to the table with the Kings of War open game, and that will become our own kind of impersonal, uh, kind of personal in-house system. Is everyone local? I can't imagine a lot of people in Cornwall doing this. Well, we have a few players that you probably won't remember, Lee, but yeah, we, we have, I have my own gaming group. Um, I'm also in touch with the local tabletop role-playing scene. Um, they're called Roleplay at in Plymouth, um, so they will hopefully be helping out quite a, li- a lot with the playtesting. And then, um, obviously, with today's kind of digital digital platform, it's it's uh, going to be sent worldwide for a bit of playtesting as well. So. so you're saying we might have an opportunity to playtest for you? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, if you guys would like to, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think I was thinking for that. Suddenly, everyone at the table sits up and like, yes, yes, we will take yeah. on that challenge. <laughs> so, I mean, I'd like to, collaboration's key to myself. I like to kind of collaborate with people as much as possible. And it's, you know, it's not just about what I'd like, but some people, a lot of people bring other ideas to the table, which you can actually, yeah, sounds really great. Um, so I try to try to listen to other people's ideas as much as as my own passion. <laughs> <laughs> I am right though at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm still in charge. Well, well, yeah. That's yes. it. <laughs> uh, although Helen would would probably say. Uh, yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <I feel like>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what have you learnt? I mean, what sort of sage advice do you have for? you know, people getting into the industry or people wanting to try their hand at it or just in general with your own adventures. Is this a personal question that you want? <laughs> no, this is sort of... <laughs> I'd say just get out there and talk to people. Um, never say never was is one. Um, you know, my own career, like I say, kind of developed just from, from talks to Chris Birch. Um, and most of us in the gaming industry, I'd like to say, want to help people. And 
uh, are happy to talk. So never say never. Get out there and talk to people. Um, you know, I wouldn't be where I am without getting to conventions and meeting people and and saying hello and kind of introducing new ideas. Um, you, and that's that's key to it, really. You went to Germany uh, not long ago, weren't you? A couple of weeks ago, was it? Yes. Weeks ago? Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a huge uh, board game convention, well, tabletop and board game convention in Germany called Essen, which is a, is Europe's equivalent of Gen Con, I'd say. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of putting the legwork in, really, to go out and meet people and, and say hello. I think, I think it's interesting it's still going, this industry, because it's not what the 70s that started this, and it's still kind of kicking along and doing really well. Yeah, healthier than ever, really. Um, it's kind of... I don't remember our daily where certain members of our group would, you know, I still call it poker myself, where we, we, we would, you know, oh yeah, we're off role playing, but like, no, don't call it poker. No, don't call it, <laughs> playing poker, that's right. Yeah. That's with the coach. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, we don't start playing poker? <laughs> yep, okay. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, I, st- I still have a, a folder on my uh, PC called poker. So, you know, I've always been kind of like loud and proud of the fact that I, I play tabletop games, uh, role-playing games, and... and it's walking. funny who you meet, actually, random people that used to play, or still play. Yeah. It's quite a few people yeah. out there playing. Yeah. And yeah. people associate with d People do very much associate with, with uh, D&D, which, which, again, is fine. Um, it's, it's been the most prominent tabletop role-playing game out there since... It since started the it all, didn't it, really? Though? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But people are more... More kind of open to talking about, it, I think, these days. Um, I think so. I mean, I went into a shop a few days ago and saw someone he had an elder rune on his shoulder tattooed on. Uh-huh. I was like, Oh, you play elder? And we just got chatting about Warhammer. <laughs> yeah, Wouldn't have thought of that yeah, 20 yeah. years ago. <laughs> the other, the other miniatures game that's very, uh, very popular, and people have, people kind of associate gaming, gaming with. Um, but yeah, I mean, thanks to some of the companies like Modifius in particular with their Fallout board game. It's it's you know definitely becoming a lot more prominent. Yeah, the community um, sort of has exploded when it comes to board games. It's yeah. sort of yeah. forefront now um, in terms yeah. of everyone's mind. They they sort of think board gaming is not how it used to be. Where oh you play board games oh you know type thing <laughs> or Dungeons and Dragons or role playing stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Or you know board games is kind of associated with Monopoly or Scrabble. Yeah, <laughs> thankfully not so anymore. Much yeah. <laughs> Well, I took my um, partner Helen to. She's kind of had her eyes open this year in in the board game aspect. She's she's always role playing and, and playing games as well. Um, but this year, she came with me to UK Games Expo, which is uh, a fairly big convention in, in the UK. Um, we, we were working at the time, but you know, I, I did manage to say like just go off and enjoy the convention on a couple of occasions. And uh, she came back with her eyes kind of totally wide. I didn't realize such variety <laughs> out there. And, Generally, if you, if you can name a concept or a, an IP, there will be some sort of game out there to, to cater for that. So, mm. just great. Are you intend because you have cards for your game, don't you? So you intended that as uh, like a. The, what are they actually for? Are they just for characters, or are they actually is it a game, a separate game? So the board game has cards which will which will generally contain mostly statistics for your vehicles and your characters and your weapons. Um, so there's a very visual reference rather than flicking through a rule book and, and looking at different tables. Um, right, there'll okay. be present the card and then with 2d20 um we try to make that kind of aspect for the gm as a handy reference so he'll have some npcs to flick through um the players will get some vehicles to to add to their character sheet rather than just a rather than just writing it on the character sheet they'll get a visual reference with the card and and stats um and then savage worlds uses a poker deck for um initiative so we wanted to um provide that visual aspect in the poker deck for people to to get the inspiration from the um, bloody Pokemon. 
Pokedex, sorry, not Pokemon. I know, but I'm just thinking Pokemon's yeah. the best, their fault. <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> My son just got into Pokemon, which is Helen's fault, but yeah. <laughs> you weren't encouraging that at all. Uh, not me, no, no. I was a... Uh, I, I, I took CJ, he's, he's just... Well, he's about to turn six, but... Um, we went through the whole Indiana Jones, uh, Star Wars, and kind of like, yeah, I'm loving this. It's great to kind of enjoy those things with my son. And then, uh, yeah, Helen kind of corrupted him with Pokemon. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, He's like, no, I don't like Star Wars anymore, Dad. I got Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll have Pokemon. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, as an old school gamer with, you know, Lee, you have any good stories about him? <laughs> Yeah, it's time to spill the dirt now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we I mentioned earlier, just for a I think, uh, <laughs> Lee's, uh, one of Lee's nicknames uh, was Doogie. <laughs> so Doogie <laughs> came from the fact of um, a, a really old TV show with Doogie Mauser, MD. Doogie Hauser. Yeah. Uh, yes, so Lee with his uh, long blonde hair. <laughs> of course, which looks exactly the same as Doogie Hauser, yep. Yeah, um, so that's, that's the same. So Doogie, Doogie kind of stuck with uh, with Lee at, at the time. Um, so we all know locally. We all know Lee as Doogie. Oh, like, or yeah, McDougal or Dougals or, or McDougal. Yeah, <laughs> variations. Oh I think. wow! Yeah. Um, and some some really just some random spell names within D and D were. Uh, oh, just tiredness, mate. Like, it's like three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock yeah. in the morning. We're playing for like six yeah, hours. Yeah. We would literally role play at all hours at, uh, at different houses. Um, <laughs> Lee's, Lee's mum would put us up. Um, my parents would put us up quite frequently, and we would literally role play from you know eight in the evening till till seven in the morning when the birds started to sing. And yeah. um, we'd, we'd we'd all kind of get overly tired, and Lee would just come up with random spell names. So um, <laughs> uh, instead of animal French uh, friendship, it would be animal Frenchman. <laughs> um, and then. Randomly, kind of Mert's peanut churches. Mert's peanut churches. So, that's right. I remember that. I don't Mert's remember. Peanut churches. That's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and pal- uh, Paladin's lay on hands ability would become grasp on hands grasp on and things like this. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just start randomly pulling out the, uh, the the player's handbook to, to come up with different spell names, and we, we'd be cracked up for an hour just just on Lee's tiredness and spelling <laughs> different spell names. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, some good memories of those. Oh, the podcast is not recording. Oh no, what a shame! <laughs> I have backups. <laughs> uh, brilliant. I'm sure you remember the old Mark's Peanut Church League. Oh, I gotcha. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what it was. I think I must have fallen asleep and just said something. I think that's what happened. Yeah, I think we were playing magic actually at, at Clint's house. Uh, and it was, yeah, just you just kind of you'd fallen asleep and we all carried on playing. And then he just kind of booked up and opened his eyes like, Merch, Peter Chat. Pardon? And of course, you never let it lie. I'd never let it alone, would you? You'd just kind of go, no, that's fine. No. no, you wouldn't say anything about it at all. <laughs> no, last for days. It would like, literally last for days. Ah, that's <laughs> like, amazing. Point, with some of the spells, we'd, we'd literally pull out the player's handbook and uh, um, Animal Frenchman would lead to all sorts of spell names with, with different spells. <laughs> Because Lee was our um, in-house cleric at the time. That's uh, right. That's always played Dwarven cleric. What? Yes, Storm. Storm, Storm the f- Storm the Furify, Stamina, yeah. Dole. Hmm. So you've always <laughs> you've always played a dwarf. Yes, I have. Well, Dwarven clerics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. Oh, look, I've got your back. It's fine. Yeah. You yeah. can't get much more than just the back. I'm sorry. 
I have a Do thing you not about like dwarfs. Old clerics no. or dwarfs? Okay. No, I usually play a cleric, but I'm an elf player. Ah, I see. I'm either oh, a human yeah. cleric or elven rogue. That was a bit girly, though. They're a bit, they're a bit weak. They can't really take a hit. <laughs> True. <laughs> Funny, yes. So what, yeah, was it, what was it like building a tabletop RPG and a board game at the same time? Um, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, you, or what do you say? You kind of live in the dream, aren't you? Like I said earlier, it's, it's just, it's just great fun. Um, and to know that people really enjoy the, 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 the kind of, uh, the, the product you get to the table is, is again, it's, it's just really nice to translate that and, and other people enjoy that passion. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I got, yeah. so you were going to release it beginning, uh, end of this year, weren't you? That's kind of the plan. Have you had issues yeah, so with in- getting stuff together or? Or is it going no, as you expect? It's, it's generally not a problem. Um, I'm probably one of the uh, Kickstarters that doesn't update as, as frequently as people might like. But it, you know, it is it's happening. It's happened in the background to be to be sure. We're pretty much there. Excuse me. Um, the uh, only issue recently was that Savage Worlds launched their their own Kickstarter to um, to revisit their rule set. So. At around about the time we were due to publish, um, Savage uh, Pinnacle Entertainment were like, "Hey, we're launching a new Kickstarter for the new rule set, which updates and uh, and polishes up the system." So it really didn't make sense at the time to launch a or, or to publish a book that was going to be, be immediately yeah, right. it, it, yeah, in terms of rule set. So we held off, um, let the Savage Worlds Kickstarter run its course, uh, and as a licensee, we're we're ahead of the game on on an insight into the rules because Pinnacle are, are great for for kind of keeping people um, up, to, up to date on what's happening yep. so as a licensee they've got the, the rule set early um, and they're they're shortly ready to firm up on the rule set and, and print the yeah, so what's the uh, turnaround for them then? what's the turnaround for them to go we're going to change it to actually completing the change does it take a while or no so they were when, when they went to the Kickstarter they were kind of like as, as a licensee in the background, they were like, here's our rule set, um, you know, help us kind of firm up the playtesting um, and we're going to take it to Kickstarter and give it to the, the backers also. Um, and they're, they're also a, a great company for incorporating people's feedback. So they went to Kickstarter. During that, they, they got certain aspects out to people to be able to playtest. Um, and one of the very important aspects of that for the Devil's Run was the, was the chase rules, <laughs> which are kind of like really key to the, uh, the Devil's Run. Uh, as a setting for, for car car chases and um, you know foot journeys and things, and there was a lot of feedback that came back through the Kickstarter for for Pinnacle for the Savage Worlds rules. So they they took it back to the table and said, yeah, you know, fair enough. There are a few few key things that we need to revisit. Um, so post Kickstarter, they're they're looking at those themselves, um, which again feeds back to us. So we kind of have to wait for them to say. This is the rule set we're publishing it, yeah. for us to be yeah, for us to be able to say, okay, we can incorporate those rules now, um, and and get the book printed. So, um, luckily, you know, luckily people are, are very uh, understanding of that. Well. Ah, that's awesome. So yeah, does anyone have any more questions about the the Devil's Run, the board game, the RPG? Not that. Just personal question. What is your favourite mythos or genre of RPG? Fantasy, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> fantasy. Um, so we always we always played D and D over the years, didn't really. Um, 
if you you know Mutant Chronicles sit at the table at the time, and it's it's a IP that I'm very passionate about. But yeah, fantasy is always um, always the kind of go to for me. Uh, back to you know my dad handing me a copy of Lord of the Rings at, at nine years old. So going out and, th- and running around the woods shooting orcs um, as a you know <laughs> a young lad um, with my friends. We've all done that. Oh, yeah, and then you know, like I said, and that's where we're going with um, Kings of War role playing game. It's kind of that high fantasy, uh, lots of magic, lots of uh, lots of fun in it. Really, I always enjoyed um, the vampire one. It was quite good fun as well because he did it. We set it in Plymouth yeah. when we did that one, so that was actually quite interesting too. Yeah. People walking around the street so, as vampires. And, <laughs> that's also awesome. that yeah. vampire masquerade. Was oh, that the one? I yes. don't know which one. Yeah, masquerade. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, and it's kind of a sister system or a sister setting with Werewolf, uh, which was the main game we played. It's again, well, you mentioned tattoos earlier with the guy with the Elder Scrolls. I have uh, some some Werewolf tribal tattoos on my body as well. So <laughs> nice. It's um, yeah, it was a role playing game back in the day, which kind of blew our minds. I think it's it's a very um, open story driven uh, you just make your own story don't you it was crazy yeah yeah um, <clears throat> and it's setting around well which is which obviously really relatable with this kind of dark undertones with with vampires and werewolves and um other kind of supernatural creatures pulling strings in the background um yeah it kind of blew our minds really it's kind of you can see how it, you could see how the, it really twists and fits into into our world which which uh is it's just really inspiring really I've got one question, more tech question, as we're kind of vaguely tech. Um, has how have you used tech to do this? What kind of stuff have you actually used? Have you when you're creating characters, it's still going to be pen and paper, or have you managed to work out like an app or a um, something? Yeah, so I mainly use yeah, just, just classic really uh, apps like you know Word, um, Dropbox is is key really. To <laughs> lots of uh, lots of material going up. Um, but yeah, I'd like to, passion. I'd like to get on to Fantasy Grounds, which is a good um, digital tabletop role-playing game platform. Are there any open, so, work, open source ones are that you can actually use to, to tweak to use to yours? This, yeah, this Roll20, which is free to use to a certain point. Um, if you want to get heavily involved with it, then it, you, know, you, can, you can pay for a license to, to use it. Roll23, um, Fantasy Grounds, is kind of a small fee. You can you can get licenses as a GM or as a player. So the player licenses are quite quite a small fee. Um, and I still still play with um, Terry when we can through that means as well because Terry down lives down in the depths of Cornwall. Mm, deepest um, darkest Cornwall. Yeah. <laughs> deepest darkest Cornwall. Yeah. So we, we yeah we tried to use uh, and it would be nice to get. I don't believe that Two D Twenty has made it onto those platforms yet. I, I think through Conan. There is some uh, some coding happening in the background to make 2D20 available through the Conan IP. Um, but it would be nice to get Devils Run and eventually try to get onto those platforms as well. Yeah, or get all developed something that's easy enough to tweak to make yours or be used for other yeah. people. Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, D&D's, you know, the, the classics, uh, the, the big systems are on there, like D&D and Pathfinder, which is... Which is an evolution of the old 3.5 rules, which you'll probably remember, Lee. <laughs> yes, that's what we lived in, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to get onto some sort of, you know, because although you're not sat around a table, you can actually still visualise it through that, that tabletop aspect of those, of those digital apps. It would be good to use things like tablets and stuff, wouldn't it, to, for yes. the actual yeah. the notes of the PDFs, make it all searchable and make it really easy. 
Yeah, um, and I don't know if you've seen some of the gaming tables like that recently, but you know you can get kind of LCD or plasma TVs where um, the TV literally is the table. So oh, yeah, I've cool. seen some of them. Yeah. yeah, so the maps, the TV's kind of mounted uh, horizontally, and and it will present your maps, and it, it's great for the DM because rather than sat, you, know, you take a break for it, or give me half an hour, guys, I'll draw the map. Draw the map, and, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it it, it avoids all of that. Uh, you can fog war it so the players can only see. Uh, certain range on the table. Um, you literally just put your miniature on the, Carl's on the TV screen. <laughs> Carl's very impressed. Yeah, yeah, some great things out there for it. And you don't get like a tablet DM screen before it goes on, which yeah, updates yeah, yeah, as it. you're playing so, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll, you'll, you know, you can literally have a one player license for for the players, um, and that becomes the TV screen it mounted in the table, and the, the GM will have his GM license. And like I say, you can fog of war it so they can only see a certain. Certain range on the on the map on the table, um, and it just becomes a. There's a so much cool stuff, isn't there? There's so much cool stuff you could yeah. do because you have a, a GM card, a DM card that actually changes on the what the, the players see with information, yes. like what you're fighting yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you get digital dice rollers and things, so the players can still roll their classic, you know, their, their um, physical dice, um, but you can just flick a dice on the screen, and, and the players can see what comes up, or or you can hide the result. It's, it's yeah, some really good. I remember, things out there in, I remember in, creating in an Excel spreadsheet one time because we were trying to create NPCs really quickly and we were trying to do a random role for generating just the strength and charisma and all that. It's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't work it out. <laughs> it's really hard to get proper random. It wasn't very good random numbers. They get ridiculous yeah. characters all the time that weren't very, I'm too strong, <laughs> no, no charisma, and you go, no, it's just can't really use them. Yeah. I think there are, particularly for D&D, and I know for 2D20 with some of the other systems, there are... Um, both character creators and NPC uh, creators out there for for that at the moment. So you can, um, I think the company that make those for 2D20 called Frostkin, so a little bit of a shout out to them. But yeah, you can go and um, make a Conan character within a couple of minutes. It will take you through, because one of the things with 2D20 is that character creation gets quite involved. Um, you, you take yourself through different steps and it really gives you that investment in, um, rather than just a bunch of stats, you'll have that investment in your background. Uh, so there are a couple of character creators out there for 2D20 that will help you do that. And then for the gem side of things, you, you can also go and randomly create NPCs um, off the bat. And, and you know, I, I know myself where you sit there and the players walk into a bar and go, oh, what's the barman's name? And you're like, uh, Franz. So there are some apps that, that would do that for you. Well. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah, we tried using OneNote to do, control that in one of our games. How did Much, that go? Um, it worked well, but I can see the need for an app. Yeah, the app sounds fantastic. I like yeah. the screen on the table type thing. Yeah, that sounds awesome, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Man, tabletop yeah, these days. <laughs> Just yeah, no graph paper and bits of paper everywhere and knocking characters over. Where's oh, the character stood? And yeah, looks busy. You know, obviously development side of things, you can take it as far as you like. So you could literally have, um, if, if they walk into a, a, a lava cave, for instance, you could have the muted glowing effect in the happening in the background. Does the music change as well in the background? <laughs> yeah, you can, you can obviously you can set all that kind of thing up. Um, it's just it's just inspirational, really. Just, you know, I've not got quite that far myself yet, um, but um, I'll, I'll take him down that road soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah, I was reading a story about some guy who DMs, and he's turned his basement into sort of his DM room, um, and he's got Philip Hugh lights. And he set up different scenes depending on where the characters are. So, like, he changes the lights to green for forest and, like, red for caves and lava and stuff. Yeah. I want to play in his games. Mm. And it's just, like, yeah, he was taking us, like, a he did it all on Reddit, like, a walkthrough of his game room. 
and it's just yeah it's got the tv on the the board the board game is a tv yep on like a table yeah. and it's just you look at that mm-hmm. and you go man tech on board games these days man the kids don't know how lucky they have it exactly yes. <laughs> yep I there's some really special setups out there <laughs> yes I've actually um, found that's all one as well where you kind of walk into it's literally you walk into the guy's basement and it's like a tavern and, <laughs> oh, and you look wow. You'll, you'll open a, a door um, and there'll be a bookshelf in there. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just set up like a, a proper tavern down there. So you're actually role-playing inside, you know, one of the places you might visit in the game kind of thing. Like, yeah, some really inspirational set. Come on, Paul, sort out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds amazing. Man. It's, um, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's really nice to have kind of some celebrities uh, kind of make it um, popular, I guess. You have like cele- celebrity and D through... Platforms like Geek and Sundry. What's that guy? Yeah. The, um, I can't his name. The guy from well, Star Trek. He does it all the time, doesn't he? He does a lot of D&D uh, stuff. Will Wheaton Will does Wheaton it. Does yeah, lots. that's how I got Will into um, Fantasy Age and Ashes of Alcala. So I play a bit yeah. of that now. Um, also, you've had Vin Diesel and that guy from Third Rock from the Sun, that kid that... Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah. Yep, yeah. He's just been on a D&D session. Actually, I saw um, oh, the guy from Crash, Crash Down for Three. What was called? Crackdown 3, Crackdown. Terry Crews. I saw him playing D&D Yes, I saw that yeah. as well. Yeah. That was bizarre. <laughs> so I was on, uh, yeah. I, I, I tend to, at the moment, um, I, we have a run machine up in the front room, so I'll get on the run machine and watch through some of the Critical Role and um, Geek and Sundry playthroughs. Yeah. Um, and I watched the Terry Crews the other day, which is which is good. Yeah. I'm a big World of Warcraft fan, so... Um, oh, yes. You will see in some of the credits, I'll say, and occasionally an Orc Shaman. <laughs> I play an Orc Shaman mainly in World of Warcraft, and uh, they they uh, set up a World of Warcraft D&D session, which was... Oh, man, yeah, that sounds it's, amazing. It's, <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it, I, I was quite... Well, my interest is peaked, really, because they it looks like they tailored D&D to World of Warcraft, so they kind of tailored the rule set to uh, represent... World of Warcraft on the on the tabletop, so I need to kind of try and find that rule set out. That was really, it was really kind of like, yeah, this is this is uh, inspirational. Really. You've just and made Terry, my Terry Crews, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had a lot of fun with it. So. That's awesome. So I take it you're a horde player. Yes, yeah, totally all the way. Good man. <laughs> Finally, like one alliance character just to just to just just because you need one at just some so point. Just yeah. die a lot, does he? Yeah, he's just cannon um, fodder. Yeah, he's not even max level. So. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, so, when's the last time you two played World of Warcraft, though? Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I went back on for the recent expansion. I'm sorry, um, I heard that was terrible. Battle for us, I, I enjoyed it. It's back to story-driven, I, I felt. Um, I dropped off the scene with um, Warlords of Draenor. Was it the panda? Um, was it the battle panda? Or was it? Pan- yeah, Mr. Pandaria kind of... Uh, <laughs> pushed me towards, sadly pushed me towards the edge. <laughs> and, then, um, and then Warlords of Draenor kind of was the nail in the coffin. But having gone back to it and levelled up, because when I went back, I didn't just buy level boost from my main. I actually played through the old content. Um, and yeah, I've really enjoyed Battlefield. Okay. I had to sit through two months of my flatmate complaining about, um, yeah, the latest WoW expansion. I don't think she was impressed. Really? Just stop, it. stop playing that game. It's only like, what, 40 years old, that game, isn't it? Ah, uh, but it's so good. <laughs> it is. And then for me, it's, it's, again, it's the social aspect where um, we had a really great guild. We'd, we'd raid regularly in, in a 25-man raid, or sorry, 25-person raid. 
Um, <laughs> very, very PC of you. Yeah, very PC. Yes. <laughs> um, it's one of the things we're passionate about as well. Is is, is kind of open game up to everybody. Um, so I will try and correct myself as much as possible in that in that aspect. Um, I had a great. Uh, we have a great editor in Devil's Run, um, Liz Lydell, who's uh, I hope I've pronounced the name right. Um, she's one of the editors for Paizo, who make Pathfinder, um, and she's a great lead on. Uh, kind of rethinking how you might write something. She'll say, you know, she'll she'll kind of like, well, how about we look at it from this angle? And she goes, yeah, sorry to kind of go off on a tangent there from what you're right. It's all right. It's, it's, it's a podcast, it's really mate. That's what happens to podcasts. They yeah, go, they go off on tangents. Tangents happen. <laughs> it, yeah, it's just important for us to open it up to everybody. Not, you know, it's it's kind of been quite heavily or perceived as male dominated for for quite a few years, I guess. Um, it's really great to see. Uh, gamers of all genres kind of coming into the table um, which, is, which is really important because you know everybody has a story to tell um, and everybody should be able to enjoy it hmm. um, but yeah back to World of Warcraft um, <laughs> it's interesting to kind of get that other other view on it really um, I, I, yeah I've really enjoyed Battle for Azeroth um, and uh, like I say the social aspect of it where we go into a 25 person raid uh, we'd have I'd, I'd generally play a healer so we'd have our own chat channel uh, and we'd be ripping the tanks and the DPS and, <laughs> and all sorts of and just all the fun you can have in the background of it as yeah. much as playing the game yeah ah <laughs> yeah. oh, yes it's, it's a great meta game as well like you take it out yeah. into the real world almost yeah <laughs> and I know you know I know there's some guilds out there now that meet up um, in person uh, just to what? kind of chat through they, some of their classes they leave their cellar and talk to people in public. Yeah. If you never leave <laughs> your computer, you can't get rested XP. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so normally we ask a bunch of Xbox questions, but we might just ask one question, which one maybe yeah. the answer is, what's your favourite game of all time, just to bring it back to Ooh, uh, Xbox um, games, or any games at all, actually, not Xbox. Games in general, games with air quotes. Yeah, yeah so very much story-driven games, um, and it would probably be soul reaver or the, the legacy of Kane series and nodding from carl i don't know yeah. these games at all okay oh um, that's a man that's a throwback <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 legacy of um, Kane. yeah what about it yeah just it's the story um i, I really uh, and i did actually not that you guys knew at the time lee but i brought elements of it to the tabletop role playing game for us as well um uh, sneaky yeah yeah <laughs> So uh, Mobius made a made an appearance in in our tabletop game, um, and some of the and the, the Seraphim. I don't know if you remember them. Uh, they came to the table. Yeah, all that kind of story driven um, aspect to to some of the games. I suppose uh, that... at the time it was kind of it was it was Tomb Raider was really popular, and uh, I think we were on like Tomb Raider three or four, and then Soul Reaver came along, and it kind of yeah, sort of didn't just. Didn't, didn't just, just bring the puzzle aspect, but also brought the story, uh, yeah. story to it as well. Man. Interesting. As, as a writer, then that makes sense, doesn't it? The story-driven game would be the, the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not World of Warcraft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, wow, it's still a fantastic game. I will die on that such hill. A, <laughs> such a background and story to it. And that, that's one of the things that also draws me to it. Is, you know, you've got this, this kind of lore behind it all, which... Um, yeah, it's... you can just go and play the game and 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 level up and and get the best gear if you like. But actually, there's this great uh, yeah. background and lore to it as well. The, the story behind it, the the yeah, because you're not just playing a game; you're playing on the history of the game, in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think of the movie? 
Oh, I loved it. Um, oh, I loved it. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. there are so, so many nods to the game in there. It's, it's, it's yeah. Um, uh, and when when they kind of go and visit Karazhan with the Guardian, oh, yes. that was my very first ten man raid or ten person raid. Sorry. Um, so, you know, I, I remember I remember I sat on my laptop, um, which was struggling to run well at the time. <laughs> it was the first I'd leveled up my hero to max level, and they're like, "Yeah, can we raid in Karazhan in the guild?" Um, never had I didn't even know what heroic um, dungeons were at the time even so it's kind of like hit this very first raid I'm like what the hell is going on in this game uh, try and heal try and heal um, so to see Karazhan on the big screen um, really took me back to those those kind of uh, newbie days noobish days noobs uh, it's great noobs yeah brilliant um, and then at the end where, where Kar- you know the, the whole valley of Karazhan kind of got uh, devastated it's like yeah it's so many nods to the game in, the, in that movie it was great did you squeal when the murloc was on the screen? Absolutely. <laughs> I remember Kyle did as well. <laughs> Not just the murloc, but the murloc sat there fishing. It's like, yeah. oh my God. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, wild players love the movie. I actually love the yeah. movie. It was really good. Yeah. Mm, I haven't seen it. Bizarrely. Oh, I have it, it, but I've never watched yeah. it now. I think it's a real visual treat. They they, they invest so much into the uh, yeah. into the CGI. That it's, it's a real you know it, it doesn't look like CGI. It looks like you you kind of watching it all on screen. Yeah, man, it's amazing. It's as well. Awesome. I just hope I don't know. If, I don't think they particularly will, but I just hope they go back and revisit the movies with it. But, um, yeah. Was it successful? Was it? Uh, did it make? It money? was successful in China, so I think yeah. it is going to get a sequel because of that. I hope so. There's so many stories yeah. in that universe that they could tell. Yes. Yeah, um, and each one yeah, I mean, would just be amazing. Yeah, we were talking about that. Uh, no, go for it. Sorry. No, go for it. No, go for it. Good to go back and see. <laughs> good, good to go back and see a fully going thrall and uh, you know Jaina Proudmoore and all that kind of thing. So, oh yes, definitely. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I was just going to say we were talking about movie, but in our games award last week, we did uh, like a, making a movie into a book or make more. That'd be quite cool as a TV series, like a Laura Ring sort of style. Uh, yeah, yeah, it'd be quite good. Because be there's awesome. so much content. It's just ridiculous amount of content. Yeah. yeah. There's so much they could do, yeah, I think. TV series and things, he said, don't they? So, um, we just need uh, to... Which, again, go, go back to Conan earlier. They're, they're going, you know... Um, He's know... in the Marvel Universe, isn't he? Sorry? Wasn't he coming into the Marvel Universe, Conan? No, Conan's um, separate. Uh, Marvel... Marvel did make a, a series of comics and then comics, yeah, just Dark, Horse, yeah. Dark Horse also made some comics for Conan but yeah they're um, yeah, I think it is Dark Horse movie, rather than go back to a movie they're, they're uh, making a new TV series um, hmm. I don't know if you saw the recent re- remake of Conan yeah with Jason Momoa on it Momoa or yeah. whatever yeah I like that one yeah I did it, it got you know it got kind of I didn't I don't think it got particularly critically acclaimed but yeah I enjoyed it um and again, there's some nods to the classic kind of Arnie Conan, and that's that's where most people go with Conan is like, oh yeah, you know, Arnie, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. But um, there's so much to that. To and that Grace, Grace, what name? Yeah. Grace Jones. Yeah, uh, yeah, God, yeah, 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 yeah. He he used a snake as an arrow. Mm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, James Earl Jones. No, Grace that's Jones it, yeah. is a, isn't the black woman, isn't it? Oh. I'm thinking. Um, James Earl Jones yes. was the baddie. Oh, okay, possibly. <laughs> yeah. there, there will be a live-action TV series of that soon, um, and they seem to be the way that people go to tell stories on the big screen at the moment, don't they? So. Definitely. So what is your take on the Witcher Netflix series? 
Do you fancy um, what's his face as much as Carl does? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. So um, I have Witcher on the Xbox, Witcher Three on the Xbox, um, but being a world Ooh, Warfare, you I have an have Xbox. So time, so. Ooh, you have an Xbox. Yeah. Ooh, why have I not got <laughs> your gamer tag? What's going on? <laughs> I'm not on it much, to be honest. Um, and the family picked me up Witcher Three purely because it is a story-driven RPG, um, and it's open world. So I've not really delved into it too much. Um, because World of Warcraft got my attention yeah. <laughs> with the recent relaunch, um, although I've kind of had to wean myself away from that recently. Um, so, yeah, Witcher 3 is uh, one that I'm looking to go back to. Um, so, yeah, the TV series, again, would be great to explore that, that open world. It's, uh, it's a really... Uh, really in-depth setting. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're throwing so much money at TV, aren't they, currently? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, Game of Thrones is another classic, isn't it? It's, uh, we get a Savage World t- a TV series. <laughs> uh, well, Savage World is the rule set, so I'm not sure. Um, Doomtown would be a good one, which is like their kind of steampunk Wild West, hmm. um, with you know undead and, and zombies and um, of course. supernatural elements. Everything's got zombies in it, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. And Battle Royale, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Will you be playing much of WoW Classic when it comes out? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I had my fun with it. I'm not sure if I'd go back to play it. Um, and it's I've, I've found it quite interesting recently where they've gone back to more of the grind aspect of things. That, again, so you can go and raid and, and drop in and out and, and play as, as kind of... Um, surface levels you'd like to but if you want some more of the um kind of more unique items in the game you go back to, they've gone back to a grind with battle of Azeroth, which i get is, is not everybody's thing um so i'm not sure if i'd enjoy going back to some of the heavy grind in classic that that did take place um, it's interesting because destiny 2 is exactly the same the latest update of destiny 2 is about as a grind that's all it's about right so maybe it's where everyone's going now is getting people in there yeah, and uh, you know, I get it. It's 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 kind of that that. Uh, it makes it a hobby. Tenure, yeah. It, I reckon. yeah, yeah. So I spent yeah, I spent eighteen hours picking up this enchant, um, all the materials <laughs> of this enchant. Which which I get, you know, it's, it's to some people it's that achievement, isn't it? Um, for me, it, it, because because again, you know, uh, work and, and family, it's it's kind life. Of a bit of time. It's called life. Yeah. Yeah, life. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I get why they're doing it, and yeah, I did appreciate Wild Classic. Um, I kind of came in on the tail end of Classic when um, uh, what was the expansion for the very first one? Which um, king was it? Burning Crusade. Burning Crusade. There you go. Yeah, TBC. Uh, which yeah, like I said, Karazhan and the Sunwell and that kind of thing. So I came, I came in on the end of Classic. Ah, yeah. Um, so it wasn't as um, prominent to me, I guess, as, as the original. Um, because he had that whole new TBC uh, content to play through. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I get what they're doing. I'm not I'm not sure if it's specifically for me, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. The Wild Classic is best staying as a as, as a memory. Yeah. <laughs> as yeah, nostalgia. Yeah. Like I remember um, that time we spent a week doing one thing. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah. We had yeah. no life, and we could just sit in the cellar playing it. Back when we were at yeah. school and had nothing else to do. <laughs> I spent a week just trying to bash around Kiraj um, and get that one <laughs> drop. 
for one person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it wasn't even for you. It was for somebody yeah. else. Yeah. Someone else yeah, gets that's it. it. Yeah. And then you like yeah. jump back into the queue. Right, this time it's my turn. <laughs> if we spend the next month just trying to find that for myself, please. <laughs> <laughs> and um, everyone goes, no. Yeah, so I, I know they're trying to tap into, um, you know, lots of uh, private servers out there on there, so, which is the business aspect that they're trying to tap into, I guess. But um, I, I personally, if it was me, I'd just leave that to the people that have <laughs> private servers to blame. I'm not trying to make a, um, a new bunch of dollars out of it. But. Yeah, money. It's all money. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like we mentioned earlier with D and D, I'd love to see World of Warcraft back on the tabletop um, in a, a role playing game. Um, it'd be great. <laughs> Carl's very excited. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be awesome. Yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah, fantastic. It's it's, it's very worth watching that Terry Crews uh, celebrity D. Yeah, because they bring some of the classes. You know, there's a shaman in there. There's a hot girl in there as well. <laughs> oh, I must get the link from you, Lee. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, thanks for joining us, Mark. Um, here's your last chance to sort of plug yourself and plug what you're doing. So take it away. Yeah, so um, back to myself. I'll get a little bit about myself. I'm Mark Langworthy, uh, tabletop role-playing game writer and developer. Um, was lucky enough to win a any this year for some of the work I did on the Conan GM screen booklet for Modiphius and a 2D20 setting. Well um, done, mate. That's awesome. Well done. Yeah, Why the think, heck yeah. did you not open with that? <laughs> <laughs> you leave the, leave the bomb for last. Like, mic drop, done. Right. <laughs> Surely you just introduce yourself it's, as that as your introduction at the beginning to anyone you meet. Hi, I'm Mark Robert. Wait, wait, wait. I've got an Emmy. Yeah. On your business card. Yeah. Just no, your forehead. Any, any. E-N, any. Oh, okay. Um, which, which I guess is like an Emmy of the uh, role-playing world. But, yeah, it was... It was, it was Quite an honour to win that this year. Um, there are yeah, lots of people involved. Um, Jason Doral is line developer for Conan, so and Chris Lights is kind of assistant line developer. They they helped me get the uh, the booklet to to the finish, um, and the layout guys and other people that that created the screen and, and got the words into into some sort of readable format, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was it was a real privilege to. Uh, we actually watched it live. Um, we we'd been out to the cinema that night. Um, um, we got in at kind of 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning, and I said to, to my partner, Helen, oh, the Ellie's might just be on now. Um, so we, we got in bed and watched it live, and the, the first thing they did um, when the award was won was, was, was give me a huge shout-out. So that's kind of like, oh, that's awesome. Just, uh, yeah. Man. Um, <laughs> I, I do literally carry that medal everywhere now. I'm <laughs> surprised. <laughs> They brought the medal. The medal came made its way back from America. I wasn't obviously we weren't in America um, because Gen Con is a, an American convention, um, and and the NEs are the, the big kind of international awards for that uh, that convention. Um, so, so we weren't there, but they. How is that spelled again? N M E is it? N M N E E N N I E. Yeah, so it, the medal eventually made its way back from America to. to the post to myself um so i literally do carry that medal pretty much every year <laughs> um yeah so like i said i was lucky enough to win a an any any this year um and we are set to do big things next year with the kings of war role-playing game which is a uh huge fantasy license we've picked up from the uh guys at mantic who are, are again really passionate about all things gaming 
So they um, they make the Walking Dead um, skirmish miniatures game. Um, this year they've just success- really successfully kickstarted the uh, Hellboy miniatures game. Um, and they have their own fantasy setting called Kings of War, which we're, we're absolutely privileged to be able to make into a tabletop role-playing game. So that's us. That's awesome. Uh, look, look, look for even bigger things next year, really. Whereabouts is the best place to get you? Facebook or Twitter or uh, all of the above? Yeah, Facebook. we're on Facebook as uh, Red Scar Publishing. Uh, we have our own website, red-scar.com. Um, and infrequently on Twitter, I guess. Uh, should make more use of it, but kind of twitter is is like i say um instagram's really great for for multi-platform social media so uh we'll post through instagram to push across across different platforms that's awesome thank you very much for joining us and um yeah. filling our heads with yeah. some interesting stuff paul's quite excited yeah, sorry to sorry to get uh on different, different tangents while i'm passionately there but <laughs> thanks for having me on that's oh. awesome that's really cool anytime and thank you guys for joining us we have been the xbox cast we'll have all the links in our episode description as per normal and yeah that's <laughs> us for tonight have a good one chaps and we'll see you on xbox live